Bearcat Blitz on a Monday. We are here to recap another UC football game. I'm your All Bearcats reporter, Russ Heltman, joined as always across the way by my co-host, Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver from 2005 to 2008. Have mercy. Will they have mercy on the fan souls? Doesn't seem like it's going to come in this horrific, awful, worst season in the 2000s campaign for Cincinnati football. We'll dive into a 42-21 loss to West Virginia that felt way more lopsided than just a 21-point deficit. They were lucky to even put up 21. It's a, it, it, I've run out of words to even try to try to frame this as something that can be justified. That's something that's acceptable in the year one. It's not. It has entered DEFCON 5, DEFCON 4 phase in the first year, and things are going about as poorly as they possibly could when you look at this schedule of opponents back in May at the start of fall, really back in March at the start of spring football for the Scott Satterfield era. Before we get there, though, I want to remind you all about Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling, and NFL is in full stride, along with the NBA and NHL, hitting some midseason form there. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports, and not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time, almost any sport that is played. From MMA to international soccer, head to Bet Online today and remember to use your promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V, BELIEVE, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Dominic, kind of leave the floor to you with your thoughts, my man. And once again, welcome everybody into the show. Thank you for picking us up wherever you're watching or listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever plat- podcast platform you, you reach us on. Please subscribe, rate, and review there. Help us grow the show. And if you're watching on YouTube, same thing. Subscribe to Talking Cats with Russ Elton. And as always, thank you to everybody checking us out in their houses, bars, all across the tri-state region on Bally Sports, Ohio. 42-21, Dom, and it felt like 80-10. to 10. I mean, this that was a tough one. You know, um, we both we, we talked about last week that I mean, uh, West Virginia had a good run game, and UC did too. So it was going to be one of them games. Who has the who's going who's going to run the ball uh, well? And it was West Virginia, and um, and you kind of seeing where that went. Um, ah, it was a difficult one. You know, um, oh man, it was it was tough, but. You, at the end of the day, we we can't take away from West Virginia. West Virginia is a good team. They were one of the top teams of the Big Twelve. Um, it was just one of those games where just things wasn't going our way. You know, um, as far as they got us in a in the rushing game, uh, they dominated us in that uh, passing game. I mean, passing game was right there. I mean, equal, but it was just like we said last week. Whoever runs the ball well is going to win the game, and and West Virginia came on top. I mean. What more can you say? It was uh, a, a complete and utter domination to rekindle this rivalry. I mean, you could say, you could argue this is the worst defensive performance given the caliber of opponent they just faced. I mean, and almost uh, dating back to the 2017 season, maybe before that. I mean, this is worse than the 49 nothing defeat at the hands of Ohio State because that was an elite program. I mean, this is Neil Brown hanging on for dear life, maybe still getting fired 
after winning six, seven games this year, if they have an opportunity to go get Jimbo Fisher, a guy who said he's like to coach at West Virginia in years past. So, I mean, this is just embarrassing. It was an embarrassing performance up and down the field from this roster. And flat out embarrassment. 210 yards passing allowed to Garrett Green. Sure. Solid. But then you let him run for 154 at 14 yards per attempt? They knew what the QB runs were going to be like dating back all season. They had trouble last week, Dom. What did they do all week in practice? What are they working on? Like, what are they working on? Donovan Smith, that's the only thing they did well offensively. You didn't think West Virginia, with their three-headed rushing attack and one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the country, was going to lean on that heavily? That's all they did in the first half. And then, like, to give up that touchdown at the end of the half so quickly, so easily, the way that they did, similar fashion, just in the opposite phase of the game in terms of how BYU threw all over them in the beginning part of the season to score that touchdown at the end of the half. I mean, it's just embarrassing, man. The The play was awful all day long. It was uninspired. There's no there's no heart. There's no real 1,000% effort out there. Sure, they scored some garbage time touchdowns to make it 42 to 21, whatever. West Virginia had given up by that point. The game was already a wrap. I mean, they had 46 carries for 424 yards. 424 rushing yards. It's You know how difficult it is to run the ball almost 50 times at five yards per clip? Oh, wait, check that. That's five touchdowns, Dom. I was looking at the wrong column. 9.2 yards per attempt. I mean, they just broke the will, man. That was the most embarrassing performance I have ever covered in the sport of college football by a team that I'm assigned to beat on. Worse than Ohio. Worse than Toledo when I was there. Worst I've ever seen. It was horrific, man. It was so, so bad from a unit that was supposed to be the driving force of success this season. The only guy that really played well on the afternoon was Dante Corleone and and Daniel Greshick. Ken Willis was solid, got his interception in the second half. But, I mean, 88.4 PFF grade, he led all defenders. But that was only across 12 snaps. Dante Corleone played well like I thought he would. Daniel Greshick played well. But, I mean, it's just – it was an abomination, especially from that linebacker unit and safety bat- battery of Taj Ward, Brian Thretch, Jack Daniel – Dorian Jones, none of them graded higher than a 42 overall in this game on PFF. They were horrific. They were so, so bad in their run fitting. And man, when I'm looking at this roster, Dom, especially on defense, I am truly struggling to understand how the unit is not going to be even worse next year than it is right now. And we haven't even gotten to the offense. We're almost eight minutes into the show. The offense was putrid once again. We'll get to that in just a second. But real quick on the defense, man, just giving the floor back to you. I, it's a disaster. It's an unmitigated disaster, a disaster that the coaching staff literally just admitted in the press conference. They're just throwing stuff at the wall. We're just trying to see what sticks. Coach Brown, quote from Scott Satterfield, he threw every defense in the book at him and nothing worked. Some kind of plan. Some kind of plan right there. And to go into that game and get your doors blown off in the most predictable way possible by this offense, it's it's... It's not an endorsement for this coaching staff. That's that to say the very least. I mean, it, I just I just got back from down on campus. I was talking to Coach Combs, man, and you know he he he, he had the same same my 
same facial expressions we back when I played when we lost in a in a playoff game to a team. You know, it's just one of those things when you you could do so much as a coach. You know, you could throw everything out and get them prepared, but when a team is just just come out and execute and just go out there and just play ball. It, it, what can you do? You know, I mean, we talked about it, you know, um, the big 12 is, is it was something we realizing it's a little different. Um, it's a little different. And, and, and I think the main focus is for next season is the bringing them recruits, get them guys that's out there. That's young. Get them ready. Get them bigger, fast. Do what you. That gotta. didn't happen on Saturday. Eighteen total players got snaps on defense in that game. So the the youth movement, quote unquote, it's not even happening at all. <clears throat> Continue, Dom. I mean, it's just you're trying to win. You're just trying to close the season out with a, on a positive note. Um, and it's just, I mean, I've been a part of those games. I ain't gonna lie. When we played West Virginia my freshman year, I mean, was my sophomore year. And we went to West Virginia. Well, shoot, my freshman and sophomore year to beat the brakes off of us. But it's one of those things where you just got to learn from it and just take it in stride. I mean, no one likes to get their butt whooped, but you got to get punched in the mouth to realize um, what you need to do, you know? I mean, it was tough, but, I mean, <laughs> whew, I've been a part of those games, and, and it's not a good feeling, but – if they just got to build off from this game, man, especially on the defense. The worst performance of the season, top to bottom by this program, um, a performance that shows clear signs of regression, not progression through the season. It is quite literally the lowest graded game that they have posted among all the losses this season at three and eight overall on Pro Football Focus's database. A 54.1 overall team grade. I don't believe they've graded below 60 in any other game this season, which, I mean, that's not saying a whole lot. There have been some bad grades, but this is the worst one. This is the most demoralizing loss, I think, of any of them all season for fans because at this point in the year, there are no excuses of miscommunication or doesn't know the system or not up to speed yet. Like, this is supposed to be your rivalry statement. This is going to be your new Big 12 rival, and you went in and got absolutely pantsed pantsed in their building it was a disgrace on defense as we just mentioned and a disgrace on offense when you think about Emory Jones posting a 52 or 53 overall passing grade again it's groundhog day over and over and over again at that position 14 of 24 passing oh what do you know a completion rate that starts with a five Brady Lichtenberg was not much better. He had a 26 or 27 PFF grade in this game in the one drive he was able to get out there for. Unfortunately, gets injured in this one. I mean, it's just you're not winning football games in this league passing for 160 yards a game. It's not going to happen. And especially when you average 4.9 yards on the ground and only rush for 153 total. I mean, man, it was just it was just a lifeless effort on offense and even more lifeless effort on defense. And once again, no one could get open, Dom, except Dave, Xavier Henderson decided to show up in this game for the first time in the last month. He made his impact, it felt. But D. Wiggins, like, what is D. Wiggins doing to earn snaps on this offense? What is he doing? He's out there getting jocks. He's out there getting cardio in in these games. He's not separating. He's not getting off the point of attack quickly at the line of scrimmage. I mean, 
I don't understand why Evan Prater is not getting extensive snaps in this offense. Every time he touches the ball, it seemingly seems like Evan Prater makes a decent play happen. He should be the number two receiver, should have been three or four weeks ago, but apparently they're too loyal. They got some kind of loyalty to D. Wiggins coming from Louisville to, to be able to give him those snaps for some reason. doesn't make any sense there. Another situation that makes no sense, Dom, is the right tackle spot. Philip Wilder has more than earned that starting role. He's more than earned every snap at that position over DeAndre Buford, who is arguably the worst player on the team. Like, you can make a solid argument for that. I broke it down uh, on Twitter today. When you look at DeAndre Buford, he's giving up eight more pressures this year than any other offensive lineman, quarterback pressures. He's given up three more sacks than any other offensive lineman. He's below multiple receivers and tight ends. He's the worst. Actually, what am I even talking about? I don't even need to frame it that way. He's the worst run blocker on the team, and he's still getting half the snaps as a starter. Even though last year at Kentucky, he was just as bad. Like, I'm getting this animated because this makes no sense. It makes no sense why he is still getting starting level snaps or half the snaps in this game. None of it makes sense. The quarterback situation makes no sense. The the right tackle situation makes no sense. The receiver snaps makes no sense. I mean, Scott Satterfield after the game is going, we're playing the quarterbacks by feel. Dude, why are you openly admitting that? You have no plan. That's what that tells me. There's no plan. Perfect example of a French, of a team that has a plan is Oregon State on Saturday night. Biggest game of the season for them. Going up against Washington. Or excuse me, go, yeah, going up against Washington. And they decide in a 9-7 ball game in the elements to do what they've always done all season, stick to the same plan, the same routine, to keep their freshman quarterback in the same mindset, which is give him the third series of the game and then you take him out and let DJ Uyunglele finish out the rest of the game like they have all year. It didn't go well in that third series. But you know what they did, Dom? They stuck to the plan. They have a plan. They stuck to it. And I don't see any plan right now from this coaching staff, a coaching staff that I wholeheartedly was, was more bullish about than the majority of people entering the spring and coming off of the hiring of Scott Satterfield, and especially coming off of the staff that I thought he adequately put together. But, but there has been no signs of those of that faith getting rewarded this season, especially when in the second to last game of the year, you put up the worst performance of the campaign. Oh man. Oh man. I understand. I understand your frustrations, man. It's just it's tough. I mean, oh well, you we 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 I can't say too much because I'm not at the practices. I'm yeah, not like, in the like we don't we don't know. We don't we don't like we're we only allowed we don't to know. practice a week. And then we can't tell what the what the heck the plan is on Saturdays when you're watching it play out. Like, am I? Do you think I'm? Do you take umbrage with anything I just said, Dom? About what is going on in there? Like, I, the stats don't lie. The numbers are right here. Numbers don't lie. It doesn't. It really doesn't. It's just difficult because I just know when you come in the game plan of because you come in the game plan with your run game and doing so well, being so efficient, keeping you in ball games. And and it's like once once it's not going well, it's a scatter. Like what what else what else can we do? What else what else do we do? You know, and like I don't have anything else because they don't have any receivers that can get open. Like I just mentioned, there's nobody that can get open except Xavier Henderson a little bit. And he's a guy that after next week we're going to start to go through the roster and just see kind of what what is going to be left from this wreckage in terms of the rest of the season. But I mean, uh, silver linings. Top thing you could take away is I. I 
I am still impressed with the way John Williams is playing. I think they have their left tackle of the future. He was probably the biggest bright spot of this game offensively for Cincinnati. He's played three consecutive, very solid games at the left tackle spot. Tinsley played well again in this one. As I mentioned, Philip Wilder played well again. So maybe that's a guy that if they get their head out of the sand on that situation, he's someone that can be the starting right tackle. You don't have to commit NIL money to that position group among the many position groups that you might have to be targeting in the portal this coming off season. So he played well. Shimon Mater was solid as well. Two touchdowns for him. I thought he was, he was very good, played through an injury. But other than that, man, it's just, there's, there's not a whole lot to take away and, and be positive about from any of these performances so far this season. And once again, as I mentioned, I mean, D Wiggins, 50.2 overall PFF grade, Aaron Turner, 53.3, Donovan Ollie, 55.1. It's on Emory Jones to an extent, but it's also on these receivers as well. You got to be able to get open. You can't have one guy getting open each game and then it passes the baton to another guy and he's the only guy getting open. It's not a way to create offense. It's not a way to succinctly run offense in the power five power conference level. And they're learning that the hard way as we get to a break here and look at the rest of this season. Panic meter on this staff. I'll give my number one to 10 when we get back. We'll look at the Bearcats scheduling a nip at night affair this coming weekend to close out their 2023 run against Kansas, and we kind of already we went through the biggest signs for hope a little bit um, on the <laughs> on the end of this offensive conversation. But we'll probably touch on that uh, in Thursday's show or on Monday, win or lose against Kansas. He's Dominic Goodman. I'm Russ Heltman, recapping a brutal, just pretty much gutless effort against West Virginia this past weekend on the road. Dominic Gobin, Russ Elman with you right here on Bearcat Blitz. If you're still listening to this, if you are still hanging with us this season, claps to you. Claps to you. It's tough having to watch this, let alone, I'm sure, hear about it and, and, and recap about it. Or maybe it's it's therapeutic. It's, it could also be therapeutic on that side. It's a little therapeutic for me as I'm able to get these takes off and able to just react to the the obliterating, obliterating season that 2023 has been. He's Dominic Goodman. I'm Russ Elman. So, Dom, when we look at the panic meter. I'll start with you. We're in year one. This was a massive undertaking in terms of jumping conference, new staff, completely new offense, essentially 10 of 11 starters, not on the board. When we got to uh, week one against EKU, where are you on the panic meter with this staff from one being the least panicked? You're ready to see them lift a national trophy here the championship trophy in the next few years versus 10 they might need to eat that you're ready as a donor, as a, as a booster, as a, as an alum to give you whatever money possible to get, get a new, uh, new situation happening here. Where do you stand Dom as we enter the final week of the season at three and eight for the Bearcats football team? Uh, I stand at a three, man. I mean, you can't be too panicked because you gotta, you can't go base it all on one game. Cause this is the only true. Well, Oklahoma state game in this game, they've been, Dom, they've been embarrassed every month, Miami in September, Oklahoma state last month, West Virginia this month. They've been embarrassed every single month. But it's one Miami of, game was embarrassing. Let's be honest. They didn't get blown out, but you can't lose to Miami. You can't. Yeah, you're right. You're it's right. I mean, I, just eight, I think there were 18-point favorites or something like that. 14-point favorites. I just see it coming from a standpoint of I've been through a whole for as just um, getting, getting the program back together. I mean, um, it's just one of those things where I say it's a three because – 
you like I said, for the biggest thing, you go into the Big 12, it's not the a, um, ACC, I mean, um, the American Conference, not the American Conference anymore. You're dealing with bigger guys, faster guys. Um, you're dealing with a whole different breed. And then at the same time, you came into a season where a lot of guys from Fickle's, um, from Fickle's group transferred out. And there could have been guys that could have helped this year. And then at the same time, you got situations where you're bringing in guys um, from transfers. You got young guys playing. You're missing that whole jail. You're not having the time to jail or get things together. And then also, too, you're rushing the recruiting. You're rushing the recruiting process and all that. So it's a – but why, why I say a three, not to panic, because those games like an Oklahoma game, um, they play good. You've seen sparks. You've seen – You've seen they can do it. It just comes with execution. That's what it really comes down to me because being a coach, like I can sit here and give you the whole game plan. I can give you the whole thing. I can prepare you for practice. I can prepare you for that. But if I come into a matchup where they DBs is better than my receivers, it's going to be a tough day. If they a front line is better than my front line, it's going to be a tough day. So if, my, if they quarterback better than my quarterback, it's going to be a tough day. It's a game of matchups. So I just feel like it's a situation where next year I feel this is just one of those, okay, we see how it was. We see what we need to do. We see what we need to figure out and what we need to come together for this offseason and just hit the ground running. Get those people, get those recruits, get those transfers, get everything we need. And as soon as we get all of those things together, I feel next year – they'd be in a position where we're talking about bowl games. This is just a year we didn't even know what the heck was going to happen. We didn't know much about We knew about Emory Jones, but we didn't know about, you know. So at the same time, we just didn't know a lot of things until we start seeing it playing this day. But I just feel like we don't need to panic too much because this season is what it is. Because my freshman year when D'Antonio came in, we just was at the Big East, and we was getting – Blown out by West Virginia, blown out by Rutgers, um, blown out by Pitt. And we only won four games that season. And people was like, should we panic? Should we worry? Next thing you know, we go to the ball game next year, be the number one Rutgers team. Uh, we go ahead and beat uh, be the number one Rutgers team, be the Connecticut. We start beating teams, South Florida's. We start beating teams because of that whole thing in the offseason. Brought in the right recruits, brought in the right transfers brought in the right pieces to fill those voids. And then them young guys got them, them battle scars, them battle wounds from the first, from the, from the, from the, from previous year and going to the next year, working on those things in the off season and everything comes together. So back to what I'm saying, it's just, I don't feel like we just need to panic so much. I just need, we just need to understand like first year, we can't just say right, they're going to national championship. I know we expected bowl games, but hey, we expected bowl games my freshman year. Shoot, we didn't even go. So I don't think we need to panic too much. I'm going to put mine. Dom's going to go with a three out of 10. I'm going to put mine at a six right now. I am at a six, maybe a five and a half. Five and a half to six. Saturday was, was striking to me, man. It was striking. It was striking to the core of how I think this team could eventually look. And it's just the fact that, I mean, that's such a big game. It's a game that that the staff has to be able to get this program up for no matter the talent level. 
you can't be down what were they down i mean almost 42 to 14 42 7 at points like you're down you're down almost 20 plus throughout the most of the majority, the majority of the game and that i i get it i get it i get that the the turnover is is brutal all that stuff it's all been bad and it's all been tough but you cannot go 3 and 9 in this schedule in year 1 that is such a bad record with seven home games not facing four of the top five teams in the preseason poll in the Big 12 going into the campaign. Miami, Ohio on the schedule. An awful pit team on the schedule. Like, I'm not, I'm not complete, I'm not saying I'm out on the staff at all. I'm not going to do that after year one. We're going to give them a full recruiting cycle, which they kind of had in 2024 to be able to access, and a full transfer portal cycle, which is the most important thing of any of them entering the next couple months is what they do in that portal to shore up some of these spots that are going to keep getting worse. Like Dante Corleone, what reason does he have to come back to this next year? Why would he do that? He's a second round talent. He's going to the NFL draft. If he's smart, he should do that. Like there are Malik van. When you look at the top players that played well on <coughs> Saturday, they're gone. They're leaving. Dante Corleone should be gone. Daniel Greshik gone. Malik van gone. Jawan Briggs, gone. Deshaun Pace, I would be kind of surprised if he's back, if he doesn't test the transfer portal waters. He's probably gone. Jalen Hunt, gone. I mean, that's 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 like your top seven defenders that have played consistently well all year. So the fact that they haven't shown a lot of depth in the youth, they haven't gone to the youth a lot. We don't know what the, we're just looking at unknowns in terms of the depth chart. It's, it's a lot more harrowing now than I would say it was back in May, back in August, even back, obviously, first couple of weeks of September, when you think this team could maybe win eight, nine games this year, given their schedule. And then they go and shoot themselves in the foot. They make a ton of bad mistakes that are tied directly to coaching and scheme and all that stuff. I'm with you, Dom. I don't think we should be out yet. Nobody should be out on this, this coaching staff yet because I, I got news for you. It doesn't matter if you're out or not. The, 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 the program's going to be under the tutelage of Scott Satterfield contractually when you look at the numbers and the amount of money they have to pay him through 2025 so he's gonna get three years he's gonna get a chance to fully build this thing out in his image but man there because there has been zero there, i mean i if you if you can point one out dom please take the range from me after i say this but there have been zero encouraging signs defensively from brian bounds defense this year and there's been one encouraging sign for the entire team all year and that's been the outside zone rushing game and the kind of succinctity along the offensive line which is knock on wood stayed healthy throughout the year and looked solid at points save for deandre buford but other than that i mean that's the one thing i can point to you got one thing that you can build on after one year that's not necessarily too great and it's where we're gonna have to leave it right here dom you got anything to say after that uh no just um just gotta keep building keep working from there man um hopefully things can change around and and we see a, see a better 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 team come out to play against Kansas. Six point underdogs to the Kansas Jayhawks. Over eighty percent of the bets are on Kansas to get that one covered and send Cincinnati into a three and nine season. Definitely the low bar of what expectations were entering twenty twenty three. Sometimes that happens. We'll see what they could do in the transfer portal. That's kind of where fans, myself, everybody covering the team is looking towards once we get done with Senior Day. 
on Saturday against Kansas. For Dominic Goodman, I'm Russ Eltman. Thank you all for being with us to recap a 42-21 loss to the West Virginia Mountaineers. We'll be back on Thursday. This has been Bearcat Blitz presented by Bet Online. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.